The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this. I hate the work of those who fall away. My mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house. And anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And there are two videos there at the top of the screen. The one on the left is normally Bradley's show. I had to fill in for Bradley because they had internet problems yesterday. So uh, if you're interested in seeing that, you can catch that on the left side of the page. And that'll be there till 3 o'clock, at which time Bradley should be live. Hopefully he's got his internet up and running. I think he does, but uh, hopefully he's got that up and running. He'll be able to uh, to come on the radio. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to get pulled on there, I guess. I don't know. Uh, on the right side is where we're streaming live. Just click on the play button, blow it up on the device you've got, and then click on the rumble icon. 
and uh, join us in the chat on Rumble. By the way, we are streaming to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Please subscribe to the channel. We appreciate your support in that. Also, before it's news.com, top of the page there, uh, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, and uh, if you got a Roku device, we're on there on Cutting Edge TV, and we appreciate those guys carrying us as well. Right up under where we're streaming is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Um, be sure to do that. You get one a day with all the articles, including the Morning Show Archive that we put out uh, each day. And then if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com and sign up for that. Uh, that's once a week. Okay, and you find out what's going on in the ministry here. If you'd like to help us, there's a donate button at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty, and uh, that's very helpful to us as well. We appreciate all of our supporters in whatever capacity you support us. And also, their store, our store is available. Lots of these products are things that you guys ask for. They're great conversation starters, and this week we're highlighting Bradley's book, Grass Doesn't Work, The Rocks Do. It's a donation normally of $11 this week only through Saturday night at midnight. That's tomorrow night at midnight. You can get this for 25% off when you use the promo code GRASS. Pretty simple. Use promo code GRASS and you can get this book for 25% off. Let me highlight a couple of headlines and then we're going to get right into our topic today. Um, in case you didn't read the Second Amendment, all gun laws are unconstitutional. Now, this is from yesterday. This is from yes yesterday's show. So this was the afternoon archive, if you will. All of the uh, articles that I cited are in there. All of the quotes are in the articles there. Um, the scripture passages, all of that's in there. So you, if you are saying, okay, where, where do I find these? This is what I'm talking about in archive. There's not a button that you click for archives. Probably should have one of those since I do that every day. Um, but uh, it'll just be in that day's thing. And it'll be the same title um, as the... As you see on the video platforms, I know you guys in the radio on the radio can't see those, but usually I'll name that. Um, today's going to be prepping two or three. And we're going to be dealing with everyday carry. So just so if you go to look for any of the things that are mentioned, that'll be the same title on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com later on today once we upload that. Okay, so be sure and check that out. And then if you missed yesterday, uh, prepping two hundred two when we talked about growing food and herbs for uh, good health and healing. That is also available on sonsoflibertymedia.com. Just scroll down the page there just a little bit and you'll see it, okay? Another headline, police tackle an elderly man with dementia so hard they killed him and for no good reason. This comes out of Virginia. This isn't California. This comes out of Virginia. Um, yeah, th This is what I'm saying. I, I don't paint with the broad brush to say all cops are this, that, and the other. I don't do that. But I think there's a little bit more than a few bad apples when we can run just a couple of stories every day on this kind of behavior, uh, and that's just a smidgen of what's going on, because I, there are entire sites that dedicate themselves to holding the police accountable. And so uh, that's, that's a good thing to hold them accountable, okay? Um, also, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, algorithms are being used to determine if the state should take kids from their parents. I'll bet you some algorithms that are happening there are happening right off your social media and right off your telephone. And this is another reason why I believe we have to reform the militia. Because you're going to need the community, folks. You're going to need your neighbors to come should they come try to do this to you and take your kids. Now, you surround them and you say, if you don't get off the property, we're going to deal with you right here and right now. 
That's a little, that's a little extreme there, Tim. No, what's extreme is the state thinking they own your kids. Like I played from you from uh, treasonous Joe yesterday saying that they're, that all the children are our children. That's what's extremist. It's natural for people to want to defend each other when they see wrongs being committed. That's a natural instinct we have that's part of the image of God that we bear. Okay. Also, sonsoflearningmedia.com, Biden's claim about children. I wish it were a gaffe. Again, I played this for you yesterday. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, where, where he says this kind of stuff, it's, it's absolutely criminal is what it is. And then the Federal Reserve just made a colossal mistake. Yeah, well, they've been making mistakes ever since they, well, not for them, but for us, ever since they've been in existence. Check that out, sonsoflearningmedia.com. And then I want to play this one video for you. And if you're not getting the archives, what I've started doing is giving you everything there. And then every day, we've got some great people over in Telegram. They they provide some great uh, videos and informative videos and things. So usually I'll, I'll stockpile those. I'm dropping in some bonus videos, anywhere from one to four or five bonus videos that you don't see on here. But I will throw them at the bottom of the uh, the archive. So be sure and check that out. One of those that I tossed in yesterday. Well, I don't know if I tossed. I don't think I tossed this in yesterday. This is a guy. Um, there are some medical professionals out in front of a building with signs supporting Black Lives Matter, and one and there and one of the ladies comes up and takes a knee, and he's calling and well, just listen. You you won't see it if you're on the radio, but listen. You can hear exactly what's going on. He calls them out, and they're right with him up until the point where he talks about the murder of unborn children via abortion. In the black community, take a listen. Lives matter, or just some black lives? All lives. All lives. The black lives killed by black men matter, right? Yes. The black babies killed in the abortions clinics matter, right? Thought so. The black, <laughs> the black officers killed by that bastard in, in Minnesota, that matters too, right? Okay. But the black babies that are killed in the abortion clinics don't matter, do they? Medical people. Uh, do their lives matter? Does the future of our black babies matter? Huh? What's up? What's up? Awful quiet now, aren't they? Uh-huh. It's okay if we kill them in the womb, right? But you have a problem when we, you don't seem to really have a problem when we kill them on the streets. Yes, when we know they're the same is, issue. If we don't, if we don't respect the lives of our unborn children enough to save them and fight for them, our lives mean nothing once we're born. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. If you want save, if you don't have that same passion and belief that life matters in the womb, then once they're born, all bets are off too. Because you don't care about the life. And this was the slippery slope that uh, John Whitehead wrote about uh, from abortion to execution. And this guy is calling out their hypocrisy and these people look like fools. And there's probably like, I don't know, maybe 50 people standing there with signs. The one lady came up. As soon as he called that out, she got up off her knee too. Um, so yeah, check that out. I'll have that in the archives later at sonslibertymedia.com. All right. So today we're going to be talking about everyday carry. What are you hiding up under there and where are you hiding it? <laughs> right. And that's what we're going to cover today, uh, in our prepping series. And here to help me do that is David Pruitt with themiraclesav.com. Good morning, David. Whoops. You, you got yourself muted there, brother. <laughs> 
There you Blessed go. Good morning, brother. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. And uh, David is piling down the coffee there. Uh, he's probably like I am getting getting wide awake. And, you know, I didn't stay up late or anything like that. Uh, it's just sometimes, I don't know, uh, just uh, getting started is I got to kickstart. But I am partaking of uh, David's fulmic, uh, humic acid here in my water, uh, which I do a couple of times a day. And uh, then I got a, a real treat here. And Kate would probably get on to me if I if I showed this, but this is the real stuff, right? The the, the Jamaican style ginger beer, and no, it's not alcoholic. It this has got a kick to it, man. This stuff is uh, this will this will wake you up real good. It's it's good stuff. Anyway, David, we're gonna we're gonna change off on something, and a lot of people may not be thinking everyday carry is a part of of preparing. Now, yesterday I covered the fact I gave several quotes from gun confiscators throughout history. Uh, you know, through the 20th century up into the 21st century, uh, including people like Barack Obama, Beto O'Rourke, and stuff like that. And then we went back and we looked at some of what our founding fathers said about that and their fight for independence and also the use of arms. And so, you know, our, our right to keep and bear arms is constantly under attack, uh, even by those who claim they're supporting the Second Amendment. This is part of the sad reality of that whole racket that goes on there. So when we're talking about everyday carry, some people, you know, I've talked to have said, well, you know, I, I want open carry because I got a right and I'm going to show it, you know, and I'm like, OK, knock yourself out. You know, I'm, I'm fine with open carry around on my property and stuff like that. That's fine. But I think it's kind of it's it's really wise to carry concealed and not draw attention to yourself. You brought this up in one of our earlier uh, talks when we were talking about tactical stuff and you were talking about shirts like what you're wearing, the plaid there where it breaks up thing. But, but you also talked about don't wear stuff that, that draws attention to yourself. And, uh, I'm wondering how that's going to play in what we're going to talk about today with everyday carry. Yeah. So I think that there's a, the first thing before we even talk about everyday carry, and I think this goes to anyone who's going to carry, whether it be a gun, a knife, uh, um, you know, start training up for self-defense, anything like that, is you've got to count the cost. Um, are you willing to pay the cost? Are you willing to, to pay that price if, if and when it comes knocking? And the best, uh, the best advice I ever got given was actually, have you counted the cost? Asked a guy. And... Uh, I asked a guy what his advice was for someone new to caring because he'd been caring a long time and uh, he had done it in a professional and in a um, non-professional capacity. And, you know, he said, well, have you counted the cost? I go, what, what do you mean? Counted the cost. And he says, well, the cost of freedom is high. See, I think the problem is, is we want to talk about all the fun stuff, but we don't want to talk about the unfun stuff, too. The unfun stuff is counting the costs. It's, you know, it's not about being Democrat or Republican. It's not. It's about being American. And uh, when when you take on um, when you take on the responsibility of caring, you're not just caring for yourself. You should be caring for those around you to protect the defense Amen. list. Um, and, and that's what I mean by counting the cost. The problem is, is a lot of people don't count the cost. A lot of people don't realize the amount of time and effort it takes to become even reasonably proficient with a, uh, with a, with a gun. 
So that's first and foremost, is we have to ask, have you counted the costs? And when I say, have you counted the costs, do you realize that there is going to be um, a time expenditure involved with any amount of everyday care that you integrate into your life? So that's number one. Number two, are you a gray man or are you a hard target? Those are the two, those are really the only two that matter. Um, gray men kind of blend in and, you know, you walk by them, you don't know what they've got on them. Um, a hard target, you walk by them and you go, wow, I really don't want to mess with that guy. Think of it that way. Um, you know, gray, gray man, people use the term gray man. Um, and they think that you got to wear like a gray hoodie and all this kind of stuff. No, what you need is you need something that allows you to um, go unnoticed in a given population or reasonably unnoticed and not draw any extra um, attention to yourself, negative attention. Okay. So when we talk about everyday carry, the first and foremost, the most important, I don't care what anyone says after counting the costs is you need to think about what your capabilities will be. Okay. Are you, uh, are you in a war zone or are you just going to the grocery store to pick up some hot dogs and some marshmallows? You know, um, you need to be able to, to honestly answer these questions when it goes to counting the costs, when it goes to, you know, and you got to think outside of the box because it's always the swing that comes in that you don't see coming that gets you. It's not the one that you see coming that gets you. Okay, so when we talk about capabilities, we have to talk about weight versus capabilities because, you know, you could carry an armored or you could have an armored car, but it's hard to fit in a pocket. Okay, um, so there's a weight versus capabilities issue here. And the other thing is, you know, I talk to a lot of guys who are just so uncomfortable because their everyday carry has become so burdensome that they don't even like to carry their everyday carry. So that's number one. Number two, if I can make a recommendation, which, you know, who am I? I'm just some guy you're listening to on the radio. So, you know, take it like a, uh, take it like any advice that you get in your life. But I will tell you that the best gun to carry is the one that you've trained with. And the best gun to carry is also the um, a full-size fighting handgun, at, at the very least. Um, I, I think that the problem is with a lot of these small, ultra-compact um, pistols and stuff, you know, like Glock 26s, that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're really concealable. They're great on an ankle. They disappear in a pocket. You know, they're, they're tiny. Um, but those things that make them very concealable and everything also make them very hard to shoot under stress. Um, and that's something that you need to think about. You also need to think about like what, what kind of lighting you have. So like you've got a gun, but what else do you have? What support gear do you have? You can't shoot what you can't see. Okay. Um, you need to be able to have a way to illuminate your target. And not just that is you need to have a, a light that is not mounted on the gun that you can take and identify and go hands-free with because you might need to do something with this hand, okay? 
The way that I do this on many lights, and this is not an endorsement for Olight. This is a warranty replacement. I'm still not so happy with Olight. Um, but I've taken an O-ring, and then I've taken a Ranger band, which is just a piece of bicycle inner tube, and I put that in here so this can sit in the pocket, and I can take and underneath my shirt i can shove my thumb in there and then pull this out very quickly and have um have that flashlight available to me the reason is as many times you can um you can de-escalate you know bringing in a flashlight um and when you point a flashlight at someone that is not attached to a gun they can't say that you pointed a gun at them okay so think about things like that and how many times do you need a flashlight to see what you're doing that you don't need it attached to a gun for. So while it's nice to have the uh, weapon-mounted light, it's not necessarily needed all the time. The other thing we need to remember is that, you know, having all the cool gear and everything really doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how cool you look on the range. Does not matter how cool you look when you're showing me all your gear. What matters is capabilities. Matters how much you've trained with it, how many things you can do with it and are you carrying it every day because if you carry it once or twice a week the likelihood of you actually having it on you when you need it very low okay so when we talk about the weight versus capabilities this also goes for guns too so although a rifle is a pistol is just your way to fight your way back to your rifle okay just because you've got a, or just because you want to carry a rifle doesn't mean you should. Rifles are hard to conceal. There are very few places you can conceal them. Um, you know, we can go on and on on that. Fact remains, you need to realize that there's a weight versus capabilities. And that we, we could also add weight and size because there are some things that are large that are not very heavy. They take up a lot of room, okay? So we need to think about that. We need to think about, hey, what's our first line, second line, and third line gear going to be? So our first line gear will be stuff that's on our, you know, in our pockets, on our belt, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's going to be first line and second line gear, you know, stuff that we always have on us. Um, third line gear would be like backpack um, or you could do it second line gear could be a small backpack third line gear could be what's in your car that you that you leave in there um, as supplemental equipment what we need to think about is that in this day and age um, you know there are there are a huge number of factors that you have to consider okay um, you know in an age of active shooters in an age of uh many threats both foreign and domestic um you need to you need to be thinking about hey you know not only do i have the capability of poking holes but how am i going to fill those holes how am i going to stop the bleed you know taking a stop the bleed class or something like that would be extremely helpful um do you have tourniquets one is none and two is one and remember that you should probably have two for every individual in your car because think about this it's not just gunfights that you bleed in 
Yeah, yeah. Now, let me let me ask you a question. <clears throat> You're talking about uh, the size of the gun that's being used. I know a lot of people get like these little um, LCP, you know, the little Ruger guns are about that big, little 380s and stuff like that. And I guess they're fine, like what you said, on an ankle for like a backup pistol if something happens or whatever. That's just fine. Uh, and they're probably okay for close range. Um, but one is you're going to, you feel the impact every time you shoot those little things, because there's, it's just like shooting it right out of your hand. Uh, but what would you say about something like, um, like a com like the compacts that are somewhere in between the smaller ones and the full size, or would you say, would you recommend carrying the full size? Well, I would say the Glock 19 would be the smallest that they say it's a compact. I wouldn't say it's a compact. I would say it's a mid-sized. Um, pistol, um, like the Glock 19, that compact size, that's probably the smallest I would carry if I was going to actually get in a fight with somebody. Um, that's the smallest I'm interested in carrying, period. Um, and if I'm carrying a 19, I want full size because with the Glock 19, you can put full size Glock 17 or uh, yep. you know 21 P mags in there, whatever. Um, I want as many rounds as I can get in there. I want the best sites that are, you know, combat sites, not like I'm not looking for super the world's best target sites. Okay. Um, I'm not looking for tritium sites because I don't believe that they bring any value to the average individual. I think that with a flashlight on that gun and a set of, uh, you know, blacked out rear sight, um, fiber optic front sight, I think that's very fast and very, very precise. Um, and if you're not going to go that right, that way, you know, excess big dot sights work very, very well for force on force training, man, you can slay people with those things. And that was, those were popular before, um, you know, those come from the excess um, come from express sights, which were used in big game hunting. And I don't know, um, if I had an elephant charging me, and that's those are the sites that they use for dangerous game, I'm pretty sure that they're made for hitting moving targets. Um, so the excess big dot sites are very, very easy to use if you've got eyesight problems. They're wonderful. Um, I'm a really big fan of red dots on pistols, have been for a long time. Um, the, the problem is that there's a cost there. So if you can afford one, great. If you can't afford one, there are probably more important things for you to buy. That's where I'm at on it. Um, uh, I would say the Glock 19, you know, 15 rounds sounds like a lot, but pistol ammo doesn't stop people like you like it does in the movies. It's not like in the movies. You have to hit a major organ or, or shut something major down in the body. Um, for for it to be an instant in, incapacitation. Well, David, one of the th one of the questions I have, and this is because I heard Doctor Piazza's you know own testimony. He's the guy who runs Front Sight out there in Ve or Nevada, and uh, you know what got him started was he was not a guy who had a gun. He was a I think he was a doc. I don't know if he was a medical doctor or what, but um, he was in his neighborhood, very affluent neighborhood, and they had a drive by shooting, and he was like, I had no idea what to do. And so he went through all these courses, became a master in every one of the firearms, rifle, shotgun, handgun, forget what the other one was. Anyway, he became very proficient in that, and he wanted other people to learn it too. And so one of the things he said was, he said, I think you should carry a, a handgun that 
it had, carries the heaviest load that you can carry. And he would always push the 45s. I don't know why he didn't go with the Desert Eagle or something like that with the 50 cal, but the 45s. And I, my thought is, and what I have seen is the nine millimeter is traveling so fast, you have to shoot somebody usually several times to stop them. With a 45, you got enough kinetic energy in there. If you're, cl- if you're in a fairly close range, which is what most of those kind of things would be, would you say that's what people would want to carry? I'm, I'm just curious as to your opinion. Well, this is a loaded topic. It really comes down to the design of the bullet, what you're carrying and everything. That velocity is awesome um, in the 9mm, and the capacity is wonderful if you've got the right loading. Um, with the proper jacket and hollow point or, uh, you know, specialty defensive ammo that works good, um, you're not going to have the issues. Um, I think, for me, me personally, I think the 45 is really overplayed. I've shot a lot of stuff with 45. Um, I've shot coyotes with it. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's better than nine. But that's like saying a paper cut on the back of your hand is better than in the in between the web of your fingers, you know. <laughs> um, the the problem is we're still talking pistol energy. We're not talking now. I love I love nineteen elevens. Do not get me wrong. I think that um, as far as a fighting pistol, if you're rolling around with someone on the ground, a um, a nineteen eleven or nineteen eleven esque pistol with a cocked and locked safety. There are benefits to that in a self-defense um, setting. You know, the guy that, that if he gets your gun away from you, it might take 10 or 15 seconds for him to figure out where the damn safety is. Uh, many times, guys will hit the magazine release, and then they've only got one round. And now, I'm, I'm, if that happens, I am feeling my odds getting better and better. But there's another benefit, and that is that when you put a – um, semi-automatic firearm up against something and you push against it and it's not cocked and locked it will come out of battery and you'll go to pull the trigger and nothing will happen well with a cock with like a 1911 or a browning john moses browning design you can actually pull the trigger and then take the safety off and it'll fire every time so there are advantages you know if someone was on top of you and they're way bigger than you that might be something to think about um I like the I like the 1911, um, but seven rounds really, or ten rounds if you've got the big extended mags, really isn't that much. I think the double stacks are the way to go, and I really like I do like the nine millimeter 1911s if they're built right. You know, like a 2011. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Um, I really like those, but I mean, for most people, a Glock 19 and a bunch of training with a pistol light on there and an inside the waistband holster. And a couple, uh, maybe one extra mag. Most people, one extra mag would be all they would need in most self-defense cases. I would carry the Glock 17 mags or the Glock 19 because when they stick out the bottom, if you get a malfunction, which, yes, Glocks do malfunction too. Every (laughs) gun. Um, you have that extra purchase on that magazine to be able to rip the magazine out to um, clear a malfunction. So that's something for me. Um, I actually, I'm a really big fan of the 10 millimeter. Um, I always have been. I think I always will be. I think the 10 millimeter, as far as uh, pistols, like the 10 millimeter has like three times the energy of the 45. And if they're built right, you know, they, 
uh, double stacks will hold like 15, 16 rounds, and it's 41 Magnum ballistics. Think of it that way, similar to 41 Magnum. Yeah, Eric was semi- talking about that in the chat. He said the 10 millimeter is better than the, the 45. Now, I I had the, uh, the, the Springfield version, and of course, this has the extended deal, so you get an extra finger on there, whatever, but this one holds like 13. Now, this is a 45. Uh, but I know that they can, I know they do a little bit different things, but you know, a lot of people go the nine millimeter route and I know the ammunition is usually pretty plentiful among that. And so I think that's probably a good thing when you're thinking about, especially like a prepping situation, not just an everyday deal. Uh, you know, if you're in a situation, it's probably easier to find nine millimeter ammo than it may be 45. I don't know. Uh, even the police departments are now you know, swapped over to nine millimeter stuff like that. So I, I just kind of wanted people to, to hear a little bit of difference as to what's going on there in the cartridge that you're carrying in your, in your pistol. Yeah. The, I would say that I would, I would rather take on a guy with a 45 who can't hit crap than a guy who knows how to hit stuff with a 22. We'll put it that way. Um, the, the with with forty five, you got to remember that the ammo is very heavy too. So if you're going to carry that in a post apocalyptic world, ounces equal pounds, and pounds equal pain. Nine millimeter ammo is cheap. It's lightweight. Um, it does the job. You know, it's just a way to fight your way back to your rifle. Um, it's a backup. You know, and I would say that like the Glock six or the, the Glock nineteen would be the smallest I would, I would be interested in with a light, um, full-size fighting light on there and a good holster. Good holsters are important. Um, because without a good holster, how are you going to secure that gun when you're running? Sure. You know, running in between cover or whatever. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think about, uh, what do you think about weapons like, uh, the PMR 30, which is extremely light just by itself. And you can throw, uh, what, 30 rounds of 22 Magnum in that. And it still not feel like it weighs anything. I mean, it's pretty, and the 22 Magnum has some pretty, pretty decent power behind it too. Well, yeah, but I, I, I don't like, I, I think the 22 long rifle I've had better luck with than 22 mags in semi-automatic platforms and the 22 Magnum because it's a rimfire it's inherently less reliable than a centerfire and uh, I'm not a huge fan of Keltex I I have one Keltex I've gotten rid of all the other ones um, I'm not a huge fan of Keltex I I've had I think I'm not the only individual who's had quality control issues. <laughs> and I don't like trusting my life to crap that looks like everything that they've got was made on a Monday or a Friday. Um, I've seen some really cool stuff. I mean, it's innovative. It's all cool. But in the same breath, is it going to last? Is it going to, you know, if I take that Glock and I go shoot 5,000 rounds through it, no one's going to... No one's going to be able to tell me the things wore out. Okay. Um, I go and do that through a Keltec. You know. Um, the PMR30, I think it's a wonderful design. Um, now, is that the is that the 22 long rifle or is that No, that's the 22 um, Magnum. Yes, the 22 Magnum. And it, you know, you could Okay. Make a suggestion. If if yeah. someone wants someone has a problem, this is for 
I'm, I'm just going to be totally transparent with everybody. If you have an issue and you cannot shoot a nine millimeter because of recoil and nine millimeters hard on you, and you're thinking about going 22 long rifle or 22 mag, I would not go rim fire. What I would do is I would look into the Ruger 5.7 pistol. It's a 5.7 by 28. It holds 20 rounds, flush fitting magazines, and it has similar um, recoil to a 22 mag. It's very flat shooting. I was shooting one at uh, probably 35 yards and hitting a little target about that big, standing up every time. Boom, boom, boom. Um, that's very low recoil. It's got a cocked and locked safety. I do not know if the, uh, you know, I haven't played around with it. I'm not, I like that. The five, seven pistols from uh, FN are very overpriced. They're decent guns, but I hate the safety. The safety was designed by some attorney or liberal who had never <laughs> held a gun. Before. Why is that? Why do you say that? It's uh you have to turn the safety on and off up here with your trigger finger. Okay, that's weird. And it's not even... Go Next time you go to a gun shop, ask them if they have a 5.7 pistol and you'd like to look at it. And then ask them where the safety is on it. And then you tell me how, how you like it. Come back and we'll, we'll compare notes. I owned one for a while. They're not my favorite. I love the cartridge. <laughs> I think the cartridge has a lot of potential for those who cannot because it is a center fire. And then if that is not an option, you could buy a Glock 19 and then you can buy a 22 TCM um, conversion kit. They have a 22 TCM one and two. One of them is slightly different. Anyhow, it's what it is, is it's a, uh, it's a nine millimeter case with like a 22 caliber bullet in it. And they're reloadable. Those are actually, if it was me and I was going to reload and I wanted better availability of ammo and everything. So you can still shoot nine millimeter out of that, but you just change the mag and the barrel and you can shoot this out of it. Very flat shooting. Um, you can use soft points out of it. And uh, I think it's like 2,200 feet per second or 2,300 feet per second out of a little pistol with a 22 caliber wow. uh, shell. So that's, that's another option. Um, I, I try to stay away from exotic calibers and here's why you, um, and like with arms Corps and all those, those companies, you know, I've seen some quality control issues. Um, I would say that the gun doesn't matter so much as your skill level matters. So, you know, if you go buy a $10,000, um, Cabot customs, 1911, you may have a great gun. But do you have the training to be able to meet the full potential of that gun? And I would say that it's more important to get a thousand dollar gun and you know eight thousand dollars worth of, or I'm sorry, nine thousand dollars worth of um, ammo and training than it would be to buy a ten thousand dollar gun and have nothing. Yeah, yeah, amen. I, I agree with that. Okay, so we we've talked about a couple of things here. We talked about the pistol itself. We talked about um, uh, use of uh, blood blood hole or bullet hole plugs, uh, and I think you mentioned in the previous show that we did on tactical that you recommended carrying some tampons with. Yeah, tampons with you because of the absorption and the way it will seal up that wound. 
and pads and pads. Well, I will actually, I found something or I didn't find it. I, I took it out of my pants pocket so I could show you guys. So here's a small little uh, organizer for pocket use. I've got activated charcoal, cayenne, super cocoa resin, activated charcoal capsules in here, a couple extra tampons because where people, this is what people forget is if someone gets shot, it normally goes in one side and out the other. So there are two sides of the wound that you have to dress, not just one. Okay. Then I've also got the handyman's secret weapon in here, duct tape. Okay. And the reason I, I keep extra duct tape in there is it's a quick and easy way to, uh, to make an improvised bandage. We've got a couple of pads in here, feminine pads, um, because I don't have anything to prove to anyone, and I'd rather have a way to stop the bleeding than not. <laughs> um, and, and lots of extra tampons. I like to carry at least four, at least four, um, because then I, I've at least got a way to plug me or mine. Um, you know, you may, and that's the other thing is you before you get into that situation, you have to ask yourself: Am I going to? Um, am I required to provide medical aid to? to an individual if I have to shoot them and, you know, I mean, um, and I'm trying to defend myself or others. Um, you know, you need to ask yourself, what are my parameters for use of force? Then you need to ask yourself also, and this goes back into counting those costs, is what circum what am I willing to not only die for, but what am I willing to live for? Because I think that what we're willing to live for is more important than what we're li- willing to die for. Well, that will be what that is, is it not? Whatever you're willing to live for is what you're willing to die for. Well, but you see, the problem is is people are quick to say what they're willing to die for, but they're not quick to say what they're willing to live for. Well, I think I think this. Yeah, I think this comes to the, the issue of what we talk about when we talk about the gospel and being faithful to obeying the gospel. How are men able to withstand torture and death and all of this it's because they had determined that their life that they were living was for the savior and so if the savior saw fit that they die they would be content in that and i i think that's what i'm saying a lot of you know you hear the songs i'd catch a grenade for you right i'm not even going to try to sing that all this and 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 you know good and well that guy wouldn't jump in front of a bullet for anybody i mean you just know he's not going to do that but people, they talk big like that, like Peter did. Oh, Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll never leave you. And then he's the first one to skedaddle when, when they come point him out by name. So I think our, it's a good thing what you're saying. What are you willing to live for? That will determine what you're willing to die for. Exactly. And I, and I think that this is the problem is that we many times people ask the wrong questions for the wrong circumstance. Then another thing that I don't have it here, um, it's on my desk, but I like to carry, when I go, when I leave the house, I like to carry an audio recorder with me. And then another thing that I like to carry is a pen or pencil and a notepad. Reason is, is because you never know when you might need to take a note of something. And uh, many times it's nice being able to take a note of something because then you don't have to use the old uh, rotodex. Um, 
the next thing that we need to talk about is a cutting tool. It doesn't matter if it's a $10 knife or a $1,500 knife. It really doesn't matter. The goal is the same. Okay. What I mean by this is, you know, folding knives suck. I don't care what anyone says. There's a point of weakness in here. They are convenient. That is why we use them. Okay. These, uh, these liner locks, um, all of the, they are inferior to a fixed blade. So you, you're going to be carrying a cutting tool. You really want to carry a fixed blade, but if you can, if you can't carry a fixed blade, carry a, um, carry just a good size folder that's sharp. It should be very, very sharp. And then another thing that people don't think about is unless you sharpen knives, like you have OCD and every knife has to be sharp or you're going to die. Um, Unless you sharpen them like that, you're probably not going to do this, but I, I highly recommend this. And everyone I've told about this has started doing it is I carry a little tiny mini box cutter to be able to open boxes and, um, you know, cut everything on. Because then what happens is this knife is now a dedicated, uh, knife that I only use for certain situations. So it's always sharp. It's always ready to go. And by having, you see, it's by planning ahead, by getting a plan, by training through these things, we are now able to overcome. We're able to overcome everything else. Because what's, what's the guy that you're afraid of? If you, if you were a bad guy, who would you be afraid of? Would you be afraid of the guy who's got, uh, you know, his, he's got his little Ruger LCP, flip-flops on, no extra magazine, and the likelihood of him hitting you at 25 yards is like 0.05% when he's got crap in his shorts, his heart rate's 220, and he's trying to boogie in between cars or something like that, okay? Um, would you rather be facing that guy or would you rather be facing a guy who's squared away and uh, you don't know what he's got, but he was ready for you. Well, he, was, he was ready to not be the prey that day. You know? Oh, sure. See, and I think that that's where we, we get off is that, um, you know, people think about like, hey, what, what about, like, do you guys carry an extra battery for your, for your light? How, how many of you, and you see, this is why what I do, and I highly recommend this too, is you can take, you can take something like this, a small little uh, organizer. You can actually put a bunch of stuff in there that is what I call is I have my mainline gear, which is like my knife, my little box cutter, multi-tool. I will say probably one of the most used tools that I have is a Leatherman. Um, use it all the time. Keep it sharp. Um, I actually just broke the uh, just broke the one of the. One of the tools on here I just broke, and I can't remember which one it was. Oh well. Well, now, David, not that. a couple of things. A couple of things. I just, I just want to let people know too. You know, I, I, um, I ship knives for my friend Andre Devillier. He's a former Special Forces in South Africa, um, you know, guy, and uh, now he designs and builds custom mm -hmm. knives. 
So you can get like these, like what you said. Um, and these things are solid, man. They are, and he makes fixed blades too. So what I'll do is, uh, anybody who's interested in getting in touch with Andre about some of these and some of these he does, you know, he really does them up and they get quite expensive. Um, because he'll color them or he'll do custom, my custom work and stuff for you too. But then you were talking about using a pen. What do you make of these, these little pens like this, these little tactical pens and stuff like that, that you can, you can also use as a weapon. Would you say they're worth their money? I mean, if you get like a little $12, $18 one, I mean, they're pretty daggum sturdy. What would you say about something yeah, like that? They're worth it. But my, my question is once again, if I've got that in my pocket and you see it, and it's got a little logo on it, or it's got a different bezel or anything like that up here. Um, is that a target indicator? Mm. That's what you ask yourself. See, I've got a uh, back. Uh, there's quite a few uh, three-letter agencies that people who work in non-permissive environments carry uh, these 701s. They're steel-bodied. Um, And this okay. is like, and it's a zebra and I can take it anywhere in the world and it works. Okay. I mean, it's not super high. It's not like, I'm not going to show this to someone and be like, Oh, look at my cool tactical pin, <laughs> but it works. It, it writes and it, it go pokey. If you need to go pokey. Okay. okay. So that's, I mean, a pencil, it, if you if you are if you are training right, then the the mind is the weapon. Everything else is just a tool in the toolbox. Yep, yep. I think we're I think we're clear on that. That people have to be trained and and all. But I, I'm kind of thinking just that's a small item to carry, and it goes in here. And David was joking that where are you going to put all that stuff? You know that you're talking about carrying. Well, that one little little bag that you've got. I mean, that would fit. Like I, I like to wear cargo pants because they're, yeah, yeah, and you can yeah. you can fit that like on a little thing that could go on your belt, like in your back, if you wanted to do that or something like that. But but I like the yeah. cargo pants because they they're not, you know, I can't get over these guys wearing these skinny jeans and stuff, man. I got to have some looseness down there, you know. And the cargo pants to me. They give you a, a lot of pockets you can put things, but then they're they're kind of loose there to where you can get your hands in the pockets. You can get things in there and, and stuff like that as well. I have to say that um, I I'm more of a fan of the cargo pants than than I'd like to admit. But good old pair of blue jeans, especially if they they have a little bit of stretch to them. That's the that's the ticket right there. If they yeah, got absolutely. Stretch, so you can actually. This was the best advice I got given on pants was, can you do a high kick and touch the door jam? I can't do one if I was naked. I can't do that. I, I can't do it. Uh, I, I can't. I know that was a bad picture for everybody. I, I can't yeah, do that. Yeah. I, I'm not of that caliber anymore. I'm just not. <laughs> well, but I, I mean, just think of it that way. That's a, having mobility. You know, mobility is such an important thing that we don't talk about enough. You know, um, being able to move, being able to move comfortably. Um, th those are things that a lot of guys just don't think about. So then the next thing I, I kind of wanted to talk about is uh, now I've got this whole thing opened up because I was actually talking to another mutual friend of ours about these because they're putting together a bunch of these for. Um, uh, 
for a homeschool project with the children. So now you can't, this is a little uh, survival tin. And uh, I've got, I'm going to go through what's in here because I already opened it up this morning because before Tim and I got ready for the show, I, I had to talk to somebody about it. It takes so long to pack this thing perfect. but So I've got a pad in here, one of these little ultra-thin pads. I've got another tampon, another tampon, because I don't like to bleed, and you shouldn't either. And uh, this is an Ultimate Survival Technologies Wet Fire Tinder. It's been crushed. Um, I'm sure that has something to do with me sitting on this or something. Um, I've got 65-pound uh, woven fishing line. I've got, this is a straw, and I've got these straws color-coded. This has a cotton ball and Vaseline in it for waterproof fire starting. And all I do is I take, I push this open and uh, open it on both sides, and you can blow the whole thing out. Um, into where you need it and then if you need to reseal it you take your leatherman out you hold this you squeeze it together and then melt it back together that's all that's all you got to do we can do a video on that if need be um, i've got a little roll of duct tape little mini bick and i like the brightest color do you know why because if daniel boone was alive today he'd carry a bick lighter <laughs> that'll piss off all the bushcrafting guys <laughs> uh, this is a, another uh, straw this is full of our super path salve because i like to have that this is very cute everybody loves this this is a micro fishing kit i don't know if you guys can tell but there are uh there are some hooks and sinkers and all kinds of things in there and David didn't buy a, little, a big old kit for all this stuff. You made this stuff, and no, you stick I, it in an Altoids box. <laughs> I, yeah, I, this is a straw with all of the uh, the hooks and everything. Actually, I'll open this for people. So the way that you open it, David, is you go. David, run up uh -huh. against the clock here. Take it. Take a second and tell people uh, where they can find out more about you, man. Uh, you can go to uh, themiraclesab.com. You can support our ministry there. And then operationpreparedness.com, I think, is the name of the other website that we've been working on to share a lot more of this information with you guys. Okay. All right, David, we're going to hold you over just a little bit. Guys, if you want to um, catch the rest of this, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com. We'll pick up there. Uh, don't forget to check out Operation Preparedness and also the Miracle Salve. And uh, use Sons of Liberty as a promo code on Miracle Salve, and you'll get 10% off. See you tomorrow in the morning at 8. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And tomorrow we're going to have uh, Kate's going to be on. And I think she's got a special guest for us. I don't know if the lady's going to sing for us or not. She's got a great voice. Um, but uh, she'll be doing that and talking about some other things. Uh, she, If I understand correctly, I think she was a midwife. I, I may be wrong. But uh, that'll be tomorrow morning with Kate at 8 a.m. Uh, but with that said, I, I cut you off uh, as you're showing your little fishing lures and stuff like that. I think he's trying to. Are you trying to get them out there? I'm trying to get them out, but they're, <laughs> they're being a little bit of a turd right now. But anyhow, you can see a few of these sinkers here.
I get very small sinkers. Okay. And then I've got all hooks in there. Okay. But they're all like a little log mess jam up in there. Um, I'm not going to cut them open because it's a real pain getting all this stuff in here. It's like, it's like play, playing operation. It's not fun trying to get it in there. Um, but then the next thing we've got in here, and I'll, I'll show you the rest, is I have a little, this is full of Benadryl. Um, I have a whole bunch of friends and family who are allergic to stuff. Having these is wonderful. Um, not like I'm really into most medical stuff, but, oh, and by the way, here's the other, this is the one that I keep in my pocket. Now, David, uh, what are you doing to seal up your straws on either end? So I will show this real quick. Uh, I will show this real, real quick because I need to seal this one up anyway. So what we do is we take our multi-tool. This end is open. You can tell right there. It's open. You can see in there. Right. There. Yep, yeah. you see it. Sorry. Okay. So you're going to take it, hold it like this. Now you have a waterproof straw. Yep. Voila. Store. There you go. Okay. Um, and then the next thing we've got is I have three um, high quality UCO windproof waterproof matches because I don't like being cold. Um, then I have a couple of, I have four, I have two of each size. I have two small and two large safety pins, and you should have U.S.-made safety pins in there if, if you can afford them. If not, you know, make the best you can with what you got. And then I've got the smallest, most pathetic little grub lure in here that I've used quite a few times over the years. And then now let's get on to this is the actual Altoids, Tim. I've taken the back here. I put wet and dry sandpaper back here. This is for, uh, you know, sharpening stuff, uh, sharpening hooks, uh, dealing with, you know, any, any kind of sharpening needs or gear maintenance needs. It's been epoxied on here. It is flat. And then I have a piece of, uh, this is a piece of, uh, you know, the little sample things that they give you with, uh, from Walmart. Yeah, your paint. Uh-huh, for paint, yeah. So that keeps it from rubbing up against it. And then I take and I've got a, uh, I've got a ranger band I put over this to keep it all together. And the next thing I've got is because two is one and one is none is I've got, this is a uh, credit card diamond stone for sharpening stuff. This is another, because I've got three sharpening methods on me when I, when I have this. And then the next thing I do is I've got, I'm going to show you how this looks when I put it all together. And I've got a little belt pouch that I put this on um, because Altoids tins are not especially, um, how can I put this, comfortable to carry in the pocket. You carry one all day long in the pocket, you're going to regret it. So what I do, and then I've got this other, and then what I do is I take, I've got an extra, this is a right in the rain, pressurized little um, ink pen. Little tiny thing. That 
goes in here also. Okay. And then I've got room back here for extra stuff. And you're just going to put that in there and carry it on your side so it's not in your pocket. Uh-huh. So it's a lot more comfortable. Yep. So that's that's another thing. But it also depends on your capability. or what If you're going up to the store for hot dog, dogs, how much do you really need? You know, you probably, you know, a flashlight, your defensive tool, an extra... Um, you know, an extra magazine. I And here's one thing I will say is about magazines. Is people always say, oh, I'm not carrying extra magazine because I'm not looking to get into a fight. Well, what happens if the magazine in your gun craps out on you and now you've got a single shot? Yeah, Hold you're on, in, bad you're in trouble. Load this. Just you stay there. Just give me a second while I uh, figure this crap out. That's what it looks like normally when people like panic is they'll start slapping and tapping it and uh, it's just no good. It's a, a lot easier to be able to drop that magazine, put a new one in there and um, go to town on it. Yeah. That's why we care for magazine is because we want to, your, your fight will last as long as your ammo supply does. Right. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. What else are, well, you covered a lot of things there. Um, let me let me cover two more things. Sure. Or let three more. Okay, so your clothing is your first line of defense in your everyday carry stuff. So you should have um, when it is fall or spring, you should always have um, enough insulation layers and uh, waterproof layers with you, so you're not going to die from exposure. Okay. Because stuff happens, you know, your car breaks down alongside the road or whatever, and you're out in the middle of nowhere, stuff happens. Um, so your clothing should be your first line of defense. You should know that you should be, you should be dressing for success. That means good footwear, means good socks. That means non-cotton underwear, non-cotton socks. Okay. Cotton is not what you want to be wearing if you're going to be pumping it through the through the woods okay um, then the next thing that we need to think about is we need to think about you know uh, our support gear like our belt you know having a good belt is very important because that is the stability that gives you stability for your holster to be able to have a very consistent draw you know and being able to have consistency means that you can repeat that consistency okay mm -hmm. And then as you repeat consistency and you get more and more better reps, then you're able to do this stuff without thinking about it. You're not having to think to now be able to engage a target. Okay, David, we got a, we got a question here. And uh, uh, Carol Ann says, <laughs> remind me to be friendly to David. David's easy to be friendly with. He really is. Uh, he's a good guy. But we got a question here. What's wrong with cotton? What are you going to do with the cotton there? What, what's happening? What would you recommend that people wear? Uh, um, normally synthetics or wool. Um, it depends on what time of the year and what, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, the reason is, is cotton takes too long to dry out. Um, if you've ever, go get, go take your cotton pants, get them wet, and then go for a hike and tell me how well that works out for you. Um, the, the term is cotton is rotten. That comes from the military. And that's because uh, guys who wear cotton, they don't last very long. You know, you put cotton socks on, go do a 20-mile march in 
cotton socks. Doesn't matter if you're changing them out, and they don't dry. They're not like wool. They're not like a lot of these synthetics. They just don't dry. So, like where where I could have a poncho on, I could have my uh, socks hanging out from uh, my belt, drying off. You know, where they're wool or a synthetic, those same socks may never dry if they're cotton. I've had I've had back when I was a young man, and I was yeah, I was pretty young. We went for a camping trip up near Yosemite and I had cotton pants that did not dry for three days, three days, three days. And it was 70 degrees out. Okay. That's a long time for them not to dry. Okay. So, so I get the socks part. Okay. I get the socks part. What about the underwear part? You're you, you're saying a synthetic or uh, the other? Now I've had some of the other. Um, what are they like? The I guess they call them boy boy shorts or whatever. They're they're kind of tight fitting. They go down part of your thigh or yeah. whatever. But they're they're made out of. Uh, I don't know that they, they just to me they they the, i guess the cotton allows you to breathe there <laughs> this stuff doesn't allow any breathing there but i'm assuming the because of the way they're made they don't hold they don't retain the water like that is that what you're talking about on on the synthetics they dry out faster they can dry out while they're on your body a lot of these synthetic blends um cotton what happens is is it gets uh you're a man, so you're familiar with chafing, right? Oh, yeah. Cotton, because it gets wet, when it gets wet, it just it chafes a thousand times worse. And it's insulation value. So, okay, the other reason is, is cotton has a very, very low insulation value when it's even remotely damp, even from the humidity in the air. It can it can lose its insulation value quite a bit. That's why things like uh, you know I'm really excited to see uh, companies like Patagonia come out with like hemp pants and stuff like that because they oh, that's they cool. last better. Yeah, better. Um, they breathe way better than anything cotton. You think cotton breathes great? You should go try hemp. Um, but as far as you can try, I'll send you some links for some different. Uh, different shorts and stuff like that what we like is i i like um where they're real long um underwear if i'm if i'm gonna be hiking and doing a lot of stuff i like uh like athletic underwear that are going to go down uh you know between four and six inches above my knees that are fairly tight fitting so nothing really moves around so there is no chafing if you get my drift Trying to keep it family friendly. Yep, got it. I got it. Yeah, a lot of people don't. You know what? I, I, who would have thought in my everyday carry, I need to look at what underwear I'm wearing. I mean, who would have thought of that? That's a very practical thing, though, uh, especially if you get into a situation where, yeah, it's not going to be just, I don't know, you, you have the zombie apocalypse breakout and you got two or three days where you're doing things or whatever. Uh, you know, that that's going to be an issue. And most people aren't even giving underwear a thought, you know, at that point. Yeah. I mean, they're just not doing that until I guess until they get the chafing, then they're then they start thinking about it. Well, those those the reason I know about this is I've, I've hiked with enough people who have never hiked before in their life. <laughs> 
that I, I know that there are like certain requirements. I'm like, okay, make sure that you have broken in your boots before you show up to go hiking with me. Make sure that, <laughs> you know, make sure that you're not bringing cotton. Um, hey, oh, oh, make sure that you don't bring a 200 pound pack. We had one guy who brought a 160 something pound pack with him. Couldn't even get the thing off the tailgate. Good grief. Yeah. Yeah, he was aching. He was aching for that. Well, uh, I, Mr. Wordsworth, I think that you can wear tactical Superman underoos as long as they're black. You, you can wear those. Uh, they have to be tactical. That, so you got to make them black, right? Yeah. Well, you know, if, it's, if it says tactical, it makes it 10 times more deadly. That's right. Maybe. That's right. <laughs> All right. So that's the comedy relief for the show right there. <laughs> I, I think that I think that that word tactical is so overused, and just because something's called tactical doesn't mean that it, that we should. Um, it doesn't mean that you should spend more money on it or not. You know, some of the best pieces of kit I've ever had in my life are not tactical. Um, sure. So, well, most of your stuff that you're carrying isn't that. There, you know, you basically have homemade things just that are practical for a practical use. Well, the, what I've found is that many, like, it's like a lot of my rifle slings I make myself and stuff. The reason I started making them is because I was not impressed with what was available, or I didn't want to get ripped off when I went to go look at the cost of material or uh, slings and stuff. You know, why would I pay $130 for a sling? When I need 15 or 20 of them, it's easier for me to go and buy 20 or $30 worth of materials and make them for all of them. Um, another thing for belts, um, that, and so we'll, we'll leave this with belts is that, um, it depends on what you're, what you're trying to accomplish and everything. I really, really like, um, I'm a really big fan of the riggers belts. Um, and that's if you're not carrying in the appendix position, um, because it's nice having that, um, there's an extra D ring loop. So you can actually uh, clip in a carabiner to that. So like if you're, uh, if you're like, let's say you're using like a Suburban or something like that, you can set up ropes coming down. So uh, you, when you're hanging on to the thing, if your hands were to go free, you're still, uh, you're still up against the rig and all that, um, you know, for quick, uh, for going in somewhere quick. You can also use that for uh, getting in and out of helicopters, you know, hooking it out. Um, you know, your lifeline on there. Um, that's nice. Most people don't need to think about that. Um, if you're thinking about that, then you're probably not worried about cotton underwear. You well, probably all let me ask you something with those kind of belts. Are they sturdy enough if you if you happen to carry on there, or would you say wear that with an inside the waist kind of holster? Um so I would say it depends on what they're made out of. If they're made out of scuba webbing, scuba webbing is, uh, if it's high quality, scuba webbing in and of itself is tough enough. The trick is, the, the rule of thumb that I used to use is if you take the belt and you, you close it and then you hold it like this, and if, it, if the belt can support itself in your hand, I mean, even if it droops a little bit, um, as long as it's upright and it's not like, completely flaccid that's a good sign that it's a good carry belt okay in my estimation and then the other thing that i like is i don't like all these quick adjust belts i like uh, cobra buckles and stuff like that 
I, I want to know that that belt is not coming off of me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a piece of life-saving kit because think about this. If your belt comes off of you and then your holster falls out and then your, you know, your flashlight goes flying and all, you know, it could be a really bad day. Yeah. I'll yeah. Say that I have a lot of belts in my life. So I'm not, I'm not talking about this from a point of no knowledge. Like I've wore out. My wife and I were just talking about this the other day. I think I've wore out five or six tactical belts in the last five or six years. About once a year, I, I wear out a belt. Mm. And I'm talking like these are good quality belts too. So I think I'm actually, we might do a video on, on making your own uh, ultra high quality belts or something like that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that no, that'd be great. I think that I think people would be interested in doing that themselves. One of the things that I found was down at the local uh, is the outdoor shop. Uh, the guy down there, he builds his own ARs. He works security down at the nuclear plant. And uh, I went in to get a belt from him. And I at the time, this has been years ago, I've still had the same belt This the belt. I've probably had the longest in my life. This thing is probably close to 10 years old. And it's a black leather. I think it's about a two-inch belt, solid as can be. Doesn't wear out. Any of you guys ever had that problem when you put the put it through the little holes, the the little um, the buckle through the hole, the little piece through there, and it begins to tear at the at the holes. This thing never sees any of that. It's thick. It's um, it's really good for carrying inside the waist, or you can you know slap a holster on there as well. And uh, I found that to be very good, but. I haven't tried one of these tactical belts as far as uh, I, I've looked at some, but I haven't tried any because this one's done such a good job. I mean, it's, it's just been so well, good. And it was at the time, if you can believe it, this was a solid leather. It's like a two inch belt, um, 21 bucks. I bet you couldn't buy it for double that now uh, with the way prices are. But that that's probably been 10 years ago. Well, and the other thing is, um, so if you're carrying a leather belt, something that you may want to look into is uh getting some yourself some uh metal polish you can actually coat this is a strop um you know for bringing back the edge uh, for honing back that edge on knives um you can actually coat your belt with the um stropping compound so you've always got a way to touch up uh, your blades um, that was a trick back when I was carrying leather belts. That's what I was doing all wow, the time. Wow, that's pretty you know? slick. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, if you carry the Leatherman, see, with the Leatherman, I've got a diamond file on there, so I can sharpen things up on here. Then I've got that, you know, I've got that sharpening uh, card, and it's actually pretty substantial. Like, it's, you're not going to, you're not gonna mess that one up too bad. So I've got like three ways of sharpening on me, and then I've got a way to hone it on on a leather belt if I'm carrying a leather belt. So that's another thing. Um, with the tactical belts, another option people can look into is you can use what's called an inner belt. So it's got Velcro on it. You can use that, carry concealed or whatever, and then in in your car you could have a belt, a war belt already set up, so you can throw that on if that makes sense. Um, that's another option for some people, you know, your mileage may vary, you know, your needs better than me. And, uh, you also need to be aware of what you can and cannot do where you're at. 
Okay. All right. Is there is there another thing that you had, or was that the final one? The final one was the belt, right? Uh, the final, yeah, the final thing was the belt. Okay. But I want to leave it with this: is that um, as your everyday carry evolves and everything, you're going to realize that ounces equal pounds, and pounds equal pain. And the more you learn, the less you have to carry. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, David, uh, give us a final word of exhortation and, um, you know, point people back to the websites that you got. So if you'd like to support um, us and what we're doing, you can go to themiraclesav.com. Um, you can get some of the highest quality um, tree resins available. This is completely unfiltered. Um, that's exactly how it would have come out of the tree. Unfiltered, unmolested. That's pure ancient pocket resins right there. Um, you can go there. You can get um, our fulvic. I know Tim and I are both using the fulvic. Here's my fulvic. Um, we're both using the, the gold standard kit um, to make our own fulvic and humic um, supplements. You can go there. You can also uh, feel free to call us, questions, comments, concerns. and. Uh, we hope that this show was a blessing to you and others. And we hope that to be able to do a lot more of them for you guys. Yeah. And also the, uh, the, the issue here for operation preparedness. Now um, <clears throat> I told David, he could use the shows on there. So we're putting all our shows on there, but David is going to be having a, a lot of, you know, how to kind of videos, short videos of, you know, just common things that, that he does that some other people may find very interesting and they can utilize themselves. So David's going to be loading that up on the, on that side as well and building that up. So you guys be sure to check that out as well. And then uh, David, we're going to probably see if we can have you back in about a week or so. We're going to give you a break because I got next week's all lined up with people. So we're going to come back. We've got some other subjects. I think David's got about 25 or 30 different topics that we can cover on this. And I think in all of these, uh, I, one of them that I that I was thinking about earlier because David asked me was uh, water and how to get water certain places or how to store water or any of these kinds of things. And uh, I know in a lot of areas of the country, boy, the government just thinks they own the water too. They're really playing the God, um, you know, mentality up that they don't want people even collecting the rainwater that comes off their house. And so hopefully we'll cover some of these kind of things too uh, to be able to utilize with other things that we've got. But, uh, David, we appreciate you as always. Thank you so much. And you guys, uh, David just has a great report for all of you guys who listen to the show, who've called in to um, uh, order stuff from him or they had questions or this, that, and the other. Just thank you again. I just want to say thank you again. It, it reflects well on us, too, that those who listen to the show are, are kind-hearted people and uh, those who treat one another as they want to be treated. So just want to say thank you to you guys for that. And uh, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then Kate Shimrani will be back with us in the morning at 8 a.m., and we'll have a special guest on there. I don't want to mess the lady's name up. It, it's Nikita. I want to say is Nikita. That's her name. Anyway, uh, she'll, she'll be an interesting uh, interview to have as well. So we'll see you then, Lord willing.